0: Welcome to Finding Flow State, a podcast to inspire you to get out of your own way and get into the driver's seat of your life to find your authentic flow. My name is Steph Ellen. I'm a recovering perfectionist turned transformational life coach. I'm here to empower you to let go of perfectionism and start taking messy action to show up with unapologetic authenticity. Join me each week for raw, unfiltered conversations with inspiring guests, as well as solo pep talks with a little bit of tough love thrown in. I am so excited that you're here. Let's flow. Hello, my beautiful people. How is everybody doing? Pretty big topic. I started writing some notes and then I was like, "Ugh, there's a lot here, there's a lot here. Definitely got the potential to be a little intense, a little bit existential, <laughs> and I'm going to keep it as down to earth and practical, give you something to think about as I can really. I'm having this lovely Sunday, I'm on call, but touch wood, it's been pretty quiet so far. Just had some cacao. So that often makes me like it often makes the best podcast episodes because I feel just really connected, but sometimes it makes me talk a little bit too fast. So apologies. You probably realized by now that I do talk quite fast. If you're someone who listens to podcasts on 1.5 speed, which I usually do, probably wouldn't recommend it for these podcasts. But if you've been here for a while, You'd have probably figured that out by now. And look, you know, you do you. If you can, if you've got that processing speed, like mad props to you. Anyway, let's get on to the topic today. So I really want to talk about identity and who the hell we even are. Like I said, I know it has the capacity um, to go. A little into the esoteric, which I'm not going to go too far into that. You know, there are plenty of things that you can dive into. I'm sure that's not what you're tuning into this podcast for, although by all means, let me know. But I want to talk about identity in the sense of letting things go and welcoming in new possibilities for yourself. And we'll start with really thinking about. And again, you know, if you've been here a while, I want you to think, I want you to think as we go through this, like what words or phrases do you regularly use after the words I am? So maybe it's, I am a runner. I am a banker. I am a podcaster. Very loud meow from my cat there trying to get in. I'm a cat. <laughs> I'm a cat lover. I am, or what about what you are not? I'm not a morning person. Ah, uh, I'm not that smart. I'm not that good at maths. Ah, uh, I'm not really into yoga. I'm not a meditator. And listen to how finite those are. And having an identity is what the ego does. Like, your ego is not this really negative thing that sometimes in the sort of neo, like new age, like neo spiritual space, it's all about kill the ego, let go of the ego, become egoless. Like, most of us, we're not getting there. If you're living in the Himalayas, in a cave, the life of a monk, forsaken possessions. If that is your path in this lifetime, incredible. You're probably not listening to this podcast. But for most of us, yes, there'll be times where we will feel less connected to our ego. And certainly it is the aim to tame the ego, but it's not about letting it go completely. Your ego Is the part of you that really just wants to keep you safe. Like it wants to keep you in the familiar. It wants to have this attachment to parts of you, your identity. It is formed by your conditioning, what you've grown up with, what people have said about you, how you relate to other people, the experiences you've had, all this evidence that's building in your subconscious. And your subconscious is working all the time, like it's always on. It's like this receiver picking up things from your environment. But the really interesting thing about it, or about what gets through into your subconscious, is the fact that we almost have this like filtration system known as the reticular activating system. And basically, it means that because you just cannot. Store everything, you will start to find evidence that supports what you already know. So, you basically create these stronger and stronger identities. So, if you are someone, for example, let's use that maths example. If you're someone who has this belief that you are bad at maths, maybe when you were growing up, you struggled with it in school. You had a teacher who told you that you weren't very good at maths. Maybe you had a parent who was very good at maths and would criticize you. So you're someone who associates maths with something that's difficult. So you start to avoid maths situations. If anything comes up, you tell people, oh, I'm no good at maths. So you start to avoid situations where you might need to use maths. Every time it comes up, you say, oh, I'm no good at maths. You give it to someone else. So you can see how that just fuels that belief further. And as you probably figured out by now, It's quite a fixed mindset. I did an episode on growth versus fixed mindsets. Um, I'll link it in the show notes because that's a really great place to start with this as well, because it is really linked to your identity too. Because you can be the sort of person who has the identity of, I am capable of learning new things. So now you kind of have a bit of an idea about how these identities are shaped and formed. I want you to think about. What identities do you hold on to? What identities do you hold on to? And what would you be without them? What would letting them go mean? And like I said, this doesn't mean you're letting go of all of your identity. Absolutely not. And this doesn't mean that you're choosing one way to show up and you stay showing up in that way. But it shows us how. When we move on from things, when we let go of things that don't serve us anymore, even if those habits are potentially negative or it's a job that's draining you, we've still got an identity associated with that. So, the example that I'm going to use is one that I see all the time in my career as a vet in the veterinary industry. This is applicable to a lot of industries, especially. Like high achieving industries filled with people who are perfectionists, but also people who have a really deep sense of wanting to do good in the world. Because, contrary to what the popular media might say about vets, most of them become vets because they really want to make a difference, because they love animals. And Most people have held that dream from a really young age. They've often been told, oh, you'd make a really great vet. It's what we often say to kids growing up. Well, meaning, of course, like it's not negative, but you can see how that would then fuel their identity of, oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm meant to be. And the truth is, is the reality of the veterinary industry and many, many other careers is that a lot of people get there and they find it very challenging and they find it more challenging than they can cope with or than they would like to cope with but the thing with careers like veterinary medicine like medicine like you know dentistry being a lawyer all of these careers where you've studied for a long time and you studied with usually the sole aim of going into that career of being able to say, I am a vet. And I know that we were so proud of ourselves. Like it was, you know, I graduated in 2015. So we were still using Facebook. Like we'd started on Insta, but it was, you know, Facebook was king back then. So I just remember, you know, whatever date it was in July, everyone like, I am a vet. I'm a vet. I'm a fully qualified vet. Like this Amazing achievement. So people are so proud, which is incredible. However, when you allow your identity to become so wrapped up in something that you've achieved, especially even when it's such a long standing goal, you've worked so hard to get there and then you've got it. If you are too attached to that identity, if what you are doing does not actually light you up in the way that you thought it would, or you feel yourself getting that imposter syndrome. You feel yourself like, oh God, I don't know if I'm that good at this. I'm not enjoying this job. It makes you question who you are at your core level. It makes you question everything. And if you tie too much of your sense of self to these labels, to these boxes that you have put yourself in, then. It really just eats away at your self esteem. It makes you question everything. You're like, but what am I without this? I've worked my whole life to get here and now I don't like it. It makes you not like yourself. It fuels this shame. And people don't want to talk about that because they feel like everyone else who is in their career or everyone else in their life has it all figured out. And they're the ones that are struggling. And I see so many people in this career, but also in other careers, like many clients that I work with who have had a really successful career and perhaps they're now wanting to pivot. There's this way that they're self-sabotaging their new ventures because they're still holding on to that past version of themselves. They're still gripping it just that little bit too tightly yes, be proud of your achievements, be proud of what you have done, but don't grip it so tightly that you're like holding on, that you can't even see what would be possible if you just let go, if you just jumped in. And using the veterinary example again, because this is something that obviously I've experienced, but one of the things for me has been practicing Introducing myself without saying I am a vet initially. And still, like, you know, I still have this, you know, identity as part of the veterinary community. I also identify as a coach, as a yoga teacher. But you notice all of those different things have different meaning. I can walk into a room and tell people that I'm an equine vet. And I know that for most people, that will command a certain level of respect. Or at least an acknowledgement of, you know, intelligence, hard work, discipline, because people know oh, you have to go to uni for like five plus years. People know the hours are long. People know that it is like it's something that's easily describable. So if you're holding on to an identity that carries this status, it can be even harder to let go of. Because I'm telling you now, that was so difficult for me initially to start to identify as a coach, especially when it's a newer identity that I'm stepping into. Like I had years and years of experience of being a vet. And also I was working for that my whole life. So you feel this sense of pride. You feel this sense of people are going to get this. You tell people you're a life coach and God, it depends on who you ask, but there can be so many stories that they would then project upon you. And I've spoken about this on the podcast before, even when I started my yoga teacher training, when I had someone say to me that I was working with, oh, remember you're a vet, not a yoga teacher. Like one was far superior than the other. And like, I couldn't be both. And that's the thing. If you grip hold of your identities too tightly, you actually close yourself off to other ways of expressing your authentic self, other ways of expressing your purpose. And we can take this on like a micro level as well, in terms of our habits. Like for like, let's use, and again, I'm speaking from my personal experience because it's what I have to offer you, but I know like I have this conversation with pretty much every single client. There's an aspect of their identity that they don't want to move past. And a lot of this is unconscious. It is occasionally conscious, but initially, often the first few sessions, it's finding on to what aspects we're holding on to and what we need to let go of to move on to the next stage of our life. But let's talk about habits for a second. We can talk about this in two different ways. So, firstly, something that you do, let's go for running. So, running was a huge part of my life for a while. And it's still, I still run and I still consider myself a runner. But when I was running marathons and ultra marathons, I let that part of my identity like consume me. And I'm not saying that I wasn't happy. There were things that are like, you know, in hindsight, there was, Hind science 2020, of course, you can see what you're actually hiding by attaching so much to this and taking away from other aspects of your life. But when I got my stress fractures and I couldn't run, like again, that's that question of like who are you without this identity? And the first stress fracture, I dove into my rehab like crazy. I was swimming like Iron Man distances like my hair was all disgusting from all the chlorine, like I was keeping my fitness because I was convinced I'm going to get back and I'm going to be doing this. I was still, you know, following all my runner accounts, like getting pretty obsessive. And then when the second one happened, it broke my spirit. There was other things happening in my life at the time. I was going through a breakup um, of a very long-term relationship, but it completely changed my identity because I felt like I wasn't a runner anymore and that running had like betrayed me in some way, coupled with the fact that that's another huge identity shift is when you end or start a relationship. I'd been with this guy since I was 18. We'd been together for eight and a half years. So that was huge at that point in my life of knowing, wow, okay, so now... I'm going to places on my own. I remember walking through an airport being like, okay, I'm going on holiday by myself. We're not, you know, Steph and insert name here. When you're used to being introduced at parties as someone's other half, someone's partner, it's a huge identity shift. And it goes the other way too. When you have been on your own for a long time, when you've been independent, then stepping into that next identity of being in a partnership of how can you keep your strong sense of self when you are with someone else? You see how many times in our life that we have to shift identities, and how often we resist this. So keep asking yourself, like, am I gripping this too tightly? Do I know who I am without this? And what is a small step that you can take to loosen that grip? It's like shedding layers of yourself. Often people call this an ego death when you go through these big shifts. Because, again, like ego death probably isn't the greatest term these dark nights of the soul where you're like, oh God, what the hell? Like, what am I doing? If you've been there, you know. But remember, your ego just wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you in the known. It's built a lot around this identity. And so we've talked a lot about letting things go. So now let's talk about building these new habits. Because this is why, just changing what you're doing doesn't make habits stick. It needs to. There needs to be a change on an identity level. Instead of, you know, saying like, you know, I am going to meditate every day. It's stepping into that identity of I am a meditator. Because when you are a meditator and you think about, you see things through the perspective of someone who meditates, then that's when you find the time. If you still are holding on to this identity of someone who finds meditation really hard, if you're someone who doesn't like meditation, then it doesn't matter how many times that you turn the app on and sit down. If you've already got that replaying over and over in your head, you're not going to do it. So when you do make these decisions that you want to change, it needs to happen on an identity level. You need to start making decisions from the version of you that already has or does the thing that you want to do. So thinking about that future version of you, the goals that you have, what is that version of you doing every day? Or almost every day? What is that 1% shift that you can make towards that version of yourself? Do it for your future self. Like, think about what they do, what they think about. Because 80 to 90% of your thoughts are the same as the day before. So, if nothing changes, nothing changes. I say that like I would say that till I'm blue in the face. (laughs) you're not going to make this huge identity shift overnight most of the time. It's in those small actions, Is in that actually catching yourself and thinking, what can I do differently? Who would I be without that habit? Or who would I be with that habit? And start acting from that place. And remember, it takes repetition. These thought patterns that you have that are replaying, They've been there for a while. When you're doing the same thing every day, when you're in the same environment, it can be quite challenging to change. That's why we often, you know, pick up these great habits when we're on holiday, you know, going for a walk every day and we've got all this time, reading more, like doing things. And you're like, I'm going to keep doing this when I get home. And you buy something when you're there, like some kind of, you know, how many people have random things from when they went on holiday and they're like, you know, you buy these things you know, maybe these big floral pants from Thailand or like some kind of hat. just trying to think of some examples now they're gone. But like, you know, you pick up these random things and you wear them all the time when you're on holiday, you get back and you're like, this doesn't fit into my life. (laughs) But you loved it while you're on holiday because you changed that identity. You'd like let go of the version of you that you are on your everyday life and you've opened yourself up to something new. So how can you do that in other ways? What decisions can you make today that will get you closer to where you want to go? And what identities are you holding on to? So I hope that gave you a bit to think about. I'd love to know if you feel like sharing, if you feel called to share. I'd love for you to send me a message at findingflowstate.com. I've got some really exciting things coming up as well in terms of I'm changing my offerings slightly. I'm going to be offering something slightly different for the one-off sessions, which I've actually got, got a few booked in this week. So I'll be sharing a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. But for now, I will catch you next time. I appreciate you so, so much, so much for being here and have a beautiful, beautiful week. You've been listening to the Finding Flow State podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, a rate and review wherever you get your podcasts would mean the absolute world to me. If you take the time to leave a review, please screenshot and send it to me on Instagram at Finding Flow State to go in the running each month to win a free 60 minute coaching call with me. You can also enter by taking a screenshot of you listening to this episode and sharing it to your stories, but be sure to tag me or send me a message so that I know that you've entered. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.